Hi, I'm your host, Karina Gantis, and you're listening to a special edition of Behind the Pen for the NAPOD POMO National Podcast Post Month. Karina Gantis here, your host for Behind the Pen. I'm an award-winning author, award-winning filmmaker, a podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber, and I run Author Assist that helps uh, market and promote independent authors. My guest today is Mark Anthony Tirino. Welcome to the show, Mark. Glad to be here. Whereabouts are you right now? I'm in LA County in California. California, wow. Is it hot over there? Yeah, it's um, insanity around here, but a great place to live. You know, I've been here all my life. Oh, wow. That's unusual. Excellent. So, Behind the Pen is exactly what it says. It's a show about anyone that holds a pen. You could be an illustrator a writer, an author, an editor, a tattooist, they have a pen. So a musician. So what is it you use your pen for, Mark? Uh, things like this. Um, I, I'm a novelist and ghostwriter. The ghostwriters have paid bills, but I write novels like, this is how thick this thing is. Whoa. And, um, I, I never had a complaint about length. I, I, when, when that was in uh, originally passed around, passed around for my friends, it was a manuscript form. I had at least one guy going, I want more. So I gave him a sequel, which would be this guy. <laughs> so Gosh, of my so own. Big. Yeah, well, when you have a good story and every story has its, has its own perfect length. There are some stories that should never be more than a short story, and there are some stories that have to be told in something like this. And of my own books, I have like about 30-something, and some of them are bigger. I mean, how, what are we talking there? How many pages? How many words in that? Uh, one for, the, for the first Maldine novel, it's 330,000. Wow. And the longest one of this, it, it's a 13-book series, and the longest one is book 13, the big climax, that's 575,000. It's only 8,000 shy of War and Peace, but it's a lot more entertaining. I was about to say it's about the same length as War and Peace. Um, did you independently publish these yourself or are you with a publisher? Uh, currently, these are independent. Um, I'm doing it via Amazon. Came out right. with, yeah, this is after a few tries at some publishers. I was going to um, say, uh, I, I, I would have said the publisher would say, oh, first book, let's split that into three. <laughs> Straight away, well, this I is the lead. For anybody in the industry that's heard of Publish America, that was my first exposure. Uh, that, yeah, uh, they went, well, we'll agree to, to publish it. We got to divide it in two. And I'm going, that's going to be a marketing nightmare because I got appendices in the back of this thing. And it's written as one single flow. 
because that's the, the first of 13. And yeah, it became a marketing nightmare and eventually was able to leave them and have been sort of misfiring on other sources. And then Amazon came out with their, we do print now. And I waited a bit on that before I test them out and test them out um, on, on the first of my Cyberdon books, which is my other series. That's this guy. <laughs> And the print quality so looks good. So, are all of your books about that length? Have you uh, got all any, the, any shorter ones? Well, my short series, I have my Inspector Flatfoot series. They're only uh, they're, uh, just an ebook. Uh, that's like seven books in that series so far. The first one's a 6,000 word short story, then a 60,000 word novella, and the rest top out at around 100,000 words, which I call a short novel. <laughs> And those are things that are right words in between. Short novel. Oh my gosh. Well, I'd hate what you'd call my books, and my books would be short stories to, compared to the size of yours. Wow. So, uh, well, I, I can like th this first one because a teacher myself took me about nine months to write. By the time I was finished, that one that's over 575,000 words, four months editing included. So, the first book that you ever wrote was this one beside you. Uh, the first full, full book. I had two Inspector Flatfoot stories under my belt uh, before then, but I was planning this thing out for uh, about 15 years before I began writing. So it was already there waiting for you to get it I, down. I, I, I was accumulating notes and maps and tweaking it and adding to the story in my head. And I got a whole raft of, of, of assorted world notes, which I, which I typed up into this uh, quarter inch printout. Um, you know, it's, it's about like that thick. I, I got a, uh, an alphabet I made up, uh, the font file of which is downloadable on my website. I got a dictionary, 300 words. So every so often in the story, I'll, I'll go, okay, I'll interject a molding word here or like a molding cuss word. So I can get away with somebody cussing and it doesn't mean anything in English or any other known language. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in terms and stuff, I, I even uh, did up uh, my own tarot cards. I, I, I don't have them drawn because I can't draw. But I have them statted up, and I and I have the a, a thing written up for how to lay them out because in book eleven there's a character that uses tarot cards, so I have the Moline tarot cards. All sorts of little details like that that I came up with before of, I even writing. You've got a lot of merchandise for your books. Yeah, once I can find the right person, you know, so I, I'm, I'm 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 the best writer no one knows about. <laughs> Ah, well, that's what you're on this show for, so people do know about you. Let's start from the beginning then. I mean, how many years back are we talking when you first got that writing bug? Well, every time I think over that, I always have to go back a few years further because I remember, oh yeah, then there was that. Like I began mapping out Maldine in my head when I was about 20. But when I was about 14, I, I got tired of every time I saw a movie where the, where the bad guy gives his entire plan, give it, you know, to the good guy so his allies can come in and bump him off and going, I want a real bad guy. 
and I was always reading like uh, like fantasy, science fiction, all sorts of stuff since like about the age of eight and did a couple of creative thing, things there. So while maybe when I was 13, part of me is going, oh no, writing is too much effort, but I had the sort of story bug in there. And then word processes, word processes came along and went, okay, that beats liquid paper. And you know, by the time I got around to being able to get a computer, because the typewriter wasn't going to do it, you know, I'd, I'd still be working on, on a typewriter and like just gallons of liquid paper spraying across. That's the how I started my typewriter. Well, it's always been pen and paper with me for the 27 years I've been writing. But um, back in the day, going back quite a few years, it was a little electric typewriter before the computers. <laughs> What came first for you, though? I mean, was it the ghost writing or was it your own um, books? It was my own stuff. <clears throat> because it, I, I hadn't told my parents that, you know, in the back of my head, I may be, be writing some books based on some things. So I was too busy going after uh, a degree in physics. So when I started writing, it was may have been a bit of a surprise uh, to, to, to them. What finally happened on that, there was in like 93, there was an Eaton Canyon fire and um, my grandpa's old house burned down. He'd been dead for like 20 years. My mom never sold the place. That brought in insurance money, which uh, eased up the finances around here because my dad had Parkinson's. Uh, I couldn't pass a job interview if my life depended on it because I kept volunteering what I was bad at first. <clears throat> And so as I'm helping out, out for that, I'm going, hey, there's some relief. I can start writing this book, you know, that, that, that I've had in mind. And my parents were going, are kids going to be an author? Because they've been wondering which way I was going to land because I kept up in the ante going, oh, he's college material. Oh, he's going to get a degree. Oh, he's going to do, do this. And finally, I just began writing like I'm demonically possessed. Uh, the ghost writing came around. Um, my dad died in 2000. My mom finally passed away in 2008. And, and, and I was working for a friend for a bit, but I'm going, I got to find a way earning some, some, some money. And I thought, you know, my resume stinks unless you look at it from the point of view of here's how much I've written. So I tried looking around that and went, hey, they'll pay people to, you know, write their books for them. And it took a while getting sort of established in that and people finding out, hey, he's really good. Because thing about ghostwriting, you really can't put anybody's names on your resume because you aren't supposed to exist. So it's exactly. kind of hard to say, it. you know, it's like, here, I can point to, no, I can't point to anything. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like you do the work, but your name's not on there. You get paid. You can't mention the book again. I mean, what, what sort of genres were you writing in for, for people? Well, I've done fiction and nonfiction, uh, pretty much if it brings in a paycheck. The one thing I won't do is somebody's homework. <clears throat> there are people out there that will hire ghostwriters, not just to write their dissertation, but to research it as well. Oh, so, no, that's oh, wrong. There's a surprising number of doctors out there that haven't earned their degree. So I went, I'm sorry, I had to study for my degree. I had to do it the hard way. You got to do it that way too. I won't do your homework. Well done, well done. But for the fiction uh, ghost writing, I mean, what were you doing? Thrillers, fantasy, sci-fi? I have done fantasy, sci-fi, young adults, 
uh, various mixes thereof, because in my own writing, I, I, I love basically mixing genres. Like Maldine, for instance, is fantasy, but there's some science fiction elements that come in. And mm -hmm. Cyberdon is the other way around. It starts off being like cyberpunk with some fantasy, horror, and conspiracy elements thrown in there. So I figure there's enough people writing just this great stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, saying, all, all the fiction I, stuff. I do, I do uh, everything from young adult to erotica, science fiction, fantasy, horror, paranormal. It's, when you get that idea, no matter what genre it is, when that idea gets to you and you have to start writing it down, um, I, I love it when people are like you, are prolific, prolific authors that can just um, grab a pen and just start writing any genre that uh, they're passionate about at the time. For me, it's always been what I've been passionate about. So I've gone from MC thrillers to fantasy to um, short stories and flash fiction, to erotica, to dystopian. Now I'm going to dark mafia thriller. You know, it's um, the way the way you can just jump from one to another. I think that's that's brilliant. And the, these authors that stick to one genre. Yeah, there's uh, a couple of cases where someone asked me what genre is this. My answer might be, I'll let you know after I finish it. Yeah, and I, I don't write for, also I don't write for a specific audience. Like what age is this, is this for? It's for whichever age group, you know, finds a liking for it. I'm not gonna dumb myself down to someone or to yeah. something. I, I mean, I, I was an advanced reader as a kid. So 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 when I, I got in a partner on, uh, it's a series called Land of the Hive, and, and someone was asking, hey, I got this idea about cyberpunk and bees. Could you do it? And she's thinking children's story. And by the time I was finished, she realized I wasn't just writing for children. I was writing it on a level so everybody could enjoy it. Mm. You know, something that you can't outgrow. If you write down to a certain level, then by the time they turn seven, but oh, that's a kid's book. I'm going to know something else. I mean, you, you have an idea for a story and you start it. You don't know what genre it's going to be by the time you finish. <laughs> it, it, once it takes a, a life of its own and it, it starts writing by itself, of course, it's us writing, but we, we say that it writes by itself and the characters start talking to us. I've had a few books where, where like, I, I, I'll come to one book that I know is, is the sort of local climax. Everything else is built up to it. And... Everything I set up, there's just a simple logical progression of, okay, the following events must therefore happen this. And it literally does write itself because you've already done all the hard work and set it up. And the rest, it just, well, there's only one way to take this. Yeah. So, it, it, and, 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 and there's some of the characters too that I know the characters so well and I keep track of them on the database that they'll write themselves. It's like, okay, um, this is a certain type of line. Mockwell gets all the good lines. You know, uh, he, he'll he'll be the one that to borrow one from a, a, a movie. He'll be the one to say something like, "You were born to be a chalk outline," or uh, uh, one line he gives to to a kid going, "You know, my boy, someday you will make a wonderful spell component." And then five books later, he actually follows through on his promise and makes him <laughs> the center of the spell. So, so the characters write themselves on, 
you know, what characters will say what the plot will sometimes, after a certain point, I'll say, it'll be, you know, telling me this is what has to happen. Are you a pantser? What? Are you a oh, pantser? Uh, I'm both because before I, I, I even be, begin a novel, I'll, I'll have the whole book sort of outlined, you know, all the major points, what I want to do. And that'll tell me also what additional characters I'll need. <clears throat> but as I go along, if I come up with um, a great idea, as long as it doesn't go too far out of the bounds of where I want the, the book to go to, I'll go, this sounds great. I'll throw it in there. And I've had characters invent themselves that way. <laughs> I have a crazy character, Poat, a really powerful wizard and completely nuts. Uh, powerful wizard and crazy is not a combination you want. And what I need to have him figure it off as somebody to show how, how, how he is on that. So I, I invented this, this one elven lieutenant female went, okay, I'll, I'll just have her him, him drive her insane. And that was supposed to be a one-off and the character ended up staying around. If, uh, if you know about like uh, Joker and Harlequin, yeah. it's like, like that, only not nearly as well uh, socially adjusted as Joker. And, that, and, and so they, they became a team where uh, because of what Florida does to her, not only drives her insane, but uh, gives her the potion that allows her to regenerate uh, in an insane way. I'll have scenes like Florida um, throwing darts and she makes herself the target on the wall and, and has a line like, I'm a real pinup girl. As he's throwing like, both, yeah, they both, <laughs> they both lost it. Yeah, lost the blood. Yeah, but, but she heals back. And, you know, when when so. you when you get in what we call the zone, when you ignore everything around you and you're in your bubble, and you're writing, and the characters are talking to you, and the story's just flowing, and that's when the gold happens. That's when, that's when everything comes out how it should come out. Um, being in the zone, it could last a week, it could last a day, it could last a few months. But when you're in the zone, that's when the gold comes. I mean, you know that yourself, how it feels. Yeah. I can put, uh, like, uh, ha, 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 how I write, I can't write in silence, so I put on music. Um, what kind of music? Like, soundtrack music. Think like uh, John Williams, anything exciting like that, especially uh. if it's... I, know I have to listen to up. rock music. Doesn't matter yes. what genre I'm writing in, it's always rock music in well, the well, background. Well, for me, for it's me. like one, it has to be something without words, because otherwise I'll be listening to the dialogue and the song instead of the dialogue <laughs> in my head. You'll end up typing it into your manuscript. <laughs> and, and a perfect example is something like anything by John Williams, for instance. Like if I'm writing a if I'm gonna be writing a battle scene that day, I'll put on a stack of music like Picture Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, that music. Try to listen to that and not write something exciting. Mm. So, so the certain type of music I, I, I need because I know that my level is going to be way up here and I want to keep at it for like about eight mm. hours before I quit for the day. And, and that'll put me in those, um, I'll, 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 I guess it's like a Zen state or something because I'll come out eight hours later feeling refreshed yeah. and energized yeah. and, my, yeah. and my steam coming out of my keyboard, you know, uh, j just on, on writing. Uh, the, the Maldine series, I went through three keyboards, two motherboards, and a monitor. Wow. I, I, yeah, I, I kept overusing the keyboards. The first one, the F key wouldn't work anymore, so toss that one, get a new one, because I just, I'd be doing, 
um, 12 to 14,000 words a day. Wow. Do you, did you have like um, a goal that you were doing every day or you just wrote and when you finished, when you were ready to stop, you stopped or did you give yourself a goal? Uh, that sort of <coughs> it, it evolved as, as I kind of taught myself. So I got <coughs> down to uh, before beginning each chapter, I had all, all the bullet points on that one going, here's what I want to cover on this chapter. And I do that one like uh, the, the day before when I was cleaning up the previous chapter, doing what I call a chapter edit, and then I'd outline it so I wouldn't have to worry about the next day when I'm writing, you know, when am I going to put this chapter day, I just go straight into it. So I would have a goal, not so much in a word count, just, and here's what I want to do in this chapter. That's what you want to do the next day. Yeah, yeah. And, and that might be like a two or three day cycle. Because the first day was when I get the bulk of it done, like 14,000 words, finishing up at like five, edit that night. Second day, I finish up the chapter, like another 5,000 words, usually by noon, edit that at night. Third day, I go back over, re-edit the entire chapter, spell check it, outline the next chapter. And then the next day, I start into the next one. So I'm doing like uh, two large chapters a week that way. Do you, um, you're talking about editing, you do your own editing or when the manuscript's ready, you send it to a professional editor? I, I've done my own editing and there, there'd be like several sweeps, like the end of the day, I edit what I wrote. End of the chapter, I edit that. End of a section of the book, I go back over and see if anything, co everything connects chapter to chapter. And then and, and, and the, the entire book, one more sweep like that. Uh, over the years in the Maldi series, since then, I've gone back over and reread and had a pen handy. Uh, at one point uh, on MySpace, back when that was a thing, uh, somebody popped oh in my gosh, website. MySpace, yeah, I oh, remember yeah. that place. Yeah, before Facebook, you know, children, there was actually this thing called MySpace. <laughs> and there was a guy on the, that, 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 that uh, saw my site there, Charles Saunders, and he's going, and he's going I like it. Let me, you know, take a read of it. Turns out he was a professional copy editor slash author. And he gave me a review and said, it's great. There's a few nips and tucks I got to do here and there. And I told him, hey, I can't afford to pay anybody anything. Uh, but could you, you know, you go through, highlight what you think needs fixing and, you know, help me on that. And I went, sure. So he came back with, he'd highlighted in red. So I could fix it my way or his way. And then we got into an agreement with the next few Maldine books. I told him, I, all I can do as far as payment is you get to read the book. And this is a guy, he'd been in the business 40 years, didn't know me from spit. He's like in, in uh, Newfoundland. And he became a fanboy. And that's what, you know, he'd, he'd go back, I really love this scene. And, and, and like one scene is going, oh my God, that's the most gruesome scene I've ever read. Or I, I like that dwarf's name. And, and then going in is asking, tell me what, 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 what happens next? No, don't tell me. I don't, I, I don't want to, I want to read about it. So that, that's when, when I have doubts, I go back and go, okay, here's this guy that didn't know me from anything. He's a 40 year old pro and was turning into a fan. Amazing. So, and you, I, you, you must put his name in the, in the book, don't you? In the front cover as a, a thank you or a, a, as, uh, as an editor. No, no, actually, I, I didn't. I have everybody else's name in there. I have a friend of mine who's my sort of beta reader. He's read the entire series about 12 times at last count and can almost speak Maldonese. <laughs> um, 
I had my parents in there at one point, and I think uh, on the first one, I put my, my uh, grandpa, my dad's side in, in, in there, but just because I promised uh, that, that I would. Oh, you've got uh, to, yeah, you've got to put him in there somewhere on the next one if he's doing that for you, because because uh, your books are huge. Before, before we um, go, because time's run out already, um, why don't you tell us about this series? What is it about? How does it start off? Okay, Maldine is the name of a world that's located like some other galaxy really, really far away. Uh, it's where everything happens. It's a world of magic, but also um, a world that is known science as well. Um, it is a world under the dark cloud of uh, an evil guy named Myra, who's my uh, ultimate villain. No one knows what, what his goals are. And as far as anyone can tell, he's been around for all of recorded history which also begs the question, if he wants to take over the world, why hasn't he? What, what is he really after? And this is where some characters, Sabu, Eldar, Sindar, and, and a bunch of others, they sort of stumble into this because apparently uh, Fate and some other people ha have been looking for heroes. And the first part of the book, they get to pass the test to see if they should be the ones. Because like, there, there's a king out there going, we need to stop Myro. We don't have anybody that can do it or, or anyone that knows how. So the first, all this mammoth-sized book is basically introducing you to uh, the world, to what's going on, to a little bit of uh, Myro, because uh, Myro you don't see too much of in the foreground uh, for, for a while. And when he does c come out, that's um, like evil incarnate. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't really find out what he's after until book two. Because mm. there are secrets in this world that um, Myra has taken pains to make sure everybody forgets. Because there's something there that he's really after. He's, his goals are big. He's after more than just the world. Wow. So um, to get an idea like that, are we, are we talking you've read a book or you've watched a film or you've had a dream? Where does the idea first come from? All the above. <laughs> and if you want to know like what influenced certain elements of the book, you would have to have read the same hundred books and seen, seen the same 50 movies that I have. Yeah, got you. So there, there's things that are inspired from everything. And, and then there's, um, uh, you know, like there's Dungeons and Dragons. And I actually wrote my own version of that sort of game, but I was, you know, playing that for several years. And what the players didn't know is I was sort of mentally taking notes going, this would be a great book. <laughs> so a lot of it, 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 it based on what happened there. And I was running like 99% of the games. <laughs> and so a lot of it comes, comes from that. Some of, of it from ideas I'll get from any number of sources. You know, the development took place over like about 15 years before I finally went, okay, things are relaxed now. There's money coming in. I got the time, it's time to write this. Wow. And you have how many books published? Uh, well, published and self-published is the two Maldine books, the Cyberdon book, and the first two Inspector Fatfoot books, or stories. Uh, written, there's the 13 books of Maldine, a two book prequel to Maldine, five books for Cyberdon, um, eight, books 
for Land of the Hive and one inspired by, and then uh, six Inspector Flatfoot stories, which like yeah. I said, is a short story, novella, and, and, and then a bunch more novels. So that, that, that's someplace around 30 something books or close to about 9 million words. And what are you working on right now? Uh, trying to bring in a buck, basically. I, um, because of my situation, I have to keep up with the ghostwriting, get some more money coming in so I can afford to figure out how to get the book promoted. I spent a lot of money in the past on those hybrid agencies that are where, where a, a, a publisher and a marketer guy, and they do very little of each of, of either one. I did get a book trailer out of one of them. I picked up a few tips that they, they didn't know I was taking notes as to how they did stuff. And well, I can do that part of my own, you know, and, and save a whole lot of money. Or even on looking at how they formatted uh, a, a copy of the book and went, okay, I know how to do that now. That's so I good. Try to make, no, that's some, that's how you learn. Out. Yeah, that's how yeah, you I, learn, Mark. I mean, the reason I do author assist and I help other authors is because of everything I've learned over the 27 years. When I first started, I had my book in my hand and I didn't know what the hell to do with it. And I learned from everything, from webinars, from people, from Facebook, from um, authors. And I, I learned everything and I, I taught myself. And then now I do about 30 different services for authors to to help promote and market their book. And I also yeah. do one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one training so they don't have to keep paying people to do the same thing. They learn yeah. how to do it themselves. And that saves them money that way as well. Yeah, so I decided when, 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 when I was first starting off and finished the first book and went and sending out letters to agents and I said, well, I can either spend a while trying to figure out how to do something I'm not good at or I can keep writing until things did develop. So I kept writing because I knew that's something I can do good. And I kept doing that, figuring when I can find a situation or a person or, or whatever in the marketing thing, then I'll do that. But I'll stick with what I know how to do good. Well, anyone who's watching or hearing this uh, audio podcast, because it will be formatted into audio, um, this is Mark Anthony uh, Terrena. And he is an amazing author with lots of amazing books. So go check him out. Where can we find you online? Uh, well, follow us, fellas. You can do molding.com, which is the name of the book with a .com after it. Uh, there's links there. To, uh, I have purchased links there that, that lead to the, the Amazon page and, and my author's page on there for, for the links for this cyber dawn and a couple of flat foot books that's awesome and uh you're on social media you, which platforms do you use um you'll, you'll find the links to those someplace on the same site i have um a facebook uh, page a fan page there technically i still have a myspace page that i haven't looked at in ages i know i've got mine still open <laughs> I should probably do something about that page some year. I don't know, uh, it's all music uh, over I, there now. Yeah, I, I have an Instagram and the rest, for the most part, those are posts that echo from Facebook and, and, mm. and my WordPress site. I just have it set up. So if I post something here, it goes off of Instagram, Pinterest, and, yeah. and all the rest of them there. Yeah. 
Uh, that, well, I'm going to yeah. have all those links at the end of this uh, video so everyone can go over to Amazon and uh, your website and look at the books, find out more about them, and hopefully you'll gain some new readers. I want to wish you all the best because uh, I, I can't see you stopping. <laughs> Definitely not. So I want to wish you all the best for all your new uh, books that will be coming out. Um, best of luck with the series you've already got. It sounds amazing. Um, I think um, it, uh, it's, it's one of those Lord of the Rings type that really need to be made into a movie for people to really get into the story and the world building that you've done in your book um, for it to come out as a one hour, one half hour movie, uh, I think that would be awesome. But it means writing the scripts. That's something else you got to think about there, Mark. <laughs> I started getting into script writing on the ghostwriting part. And it, it turns out for me that's easier because I'm used to doing everything in all the descriptions and everything and the, and the scripts that they just went, he said, she said, here's some stage directions. And I tested it out. I wish it, it was that easy. I've, I've tried, I, I can't. It's like a total different way of writing completely, script writing and being a novel novelist. And if you can do both then bravo, I, I applaud you. And, uh, but yeah, I would love to see uh, that on the big screen. Um, and maybe it'll happen one day. But um, mm -hmm. thank you so much for being a guest on the show, Mark. It's been great chatting with you and uh, yeah, I wish you all the best. Thank you.